The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. My co-host, Zim, is going to join me later, and we will have a special guest, Cincinnati's five-star barber, my man Chris, my guy. This is a guy who's cut A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, Jermaine Gresham. Any bingo you can think of, Chris has pretty much had his clippers on him. So we wanted to bring him in because Zim and Chris – have kind of had a little bit of a spat going on that's so related to what's going on in Bengal Nation right now with Bengals fans when it comes to the draft, whether they should take Chase Young or whether they should go with the quarterback, Joe Burrow. You guys already know, Zim is on the Joe Burrow train. We feel confidently in unison that we both want a quarterback. I'm good with Burrow. I'm good with two. It doesn't matter to me. But we'll get to that uh, further along in the episode. So starting things off, um, I want to remind you guys to please subscribe to us and be sure that you share this podcast with anybody that you know that's a Bengals fan because we like to offer up our perspective on things. We're not super professionals and things of that nature. We're just diehard Bengals fans like you. So if you want to hear or listen to a diehard Bengals fan, this podcast is for you. So let's talk about the game coming up, right? I know you guys don't want to talk about it, but we have to. It's week 11. The Bengals are taking on the Raiders. Um, if my, I believe the game is actually in Oakland, so it's a West Coast game at 425. Um, the Raiders right now are 5-4. and four. Uh, The Bengals are 0-9. So if the Bengals actually lose this game, uh, the Bengals could be looking at their worst start or one of their I think it actually is the worst start in franchise history at 0 and 10 um so that's not good so there's going to be a number of things that we're looking for in this game and it's what can Ryan Finley do in his second start now his first start you can't really hold against him that much because you know he he's a rookie that is playing his first NFL game and you know there wasn't much coming off of a two-week bye that 
we were really prepared to see from him, especially going against a world-class defense and the Ravens, with the exception of their linebackers, of course. But when you talk about that secondary and that defense, Tata was a bad first team to put him out against, but it was a necessary evil. You had to see what Ryan Finley could do. You had to see if anything was different. From a scoring perspective, it really didn't. It didn't look much better. Uh, The run game looked a lot better. And I also think his control in the pocket looked a lot better as well. Uh, But outside of that, there wasn't much to say that this is going to be the guy going forward. So after him having somewhat of a rough game, I think he threw for about 160 yards, a touchdown and an interception, it's time to see what he can really do in a game against a lesser defense in the Oakland Raiders um, on the road and, and see what he can really do and what he could contribute to this team. Now, on the flip side of things, in terms of, what the Bengals are going to have to worry about. Uh, This is the Oakland defense that's really going through a rebuilding phase themselves, uh, but they do have some talent there. Um, There's questions right now with Cleveland Farrell. He hasn't really answered the hype uh, that was surrounded with him being a top five draft pick. Uh, They've got some other guys, Maurice Hurst, who is a guy who kind of slid in the draft uh, due to some off-field kind of issues, but has really been a good find for them. And then you talk about Jonathan Hankins. Uh, they've got, you know, some decent linebackers to hear Whitehead. When you look at them, you, you're pretty familiar with some of these names. Uh, you get to the secondary, and that's where they can possibly be a little bit exploited there with Trayvon Mullen, a second rounder from this year. Uh, you've also got uh, Daryl Worley. I believe they traded Garyon Conley, so he's no longer there. Uh, in the safety position, you got LaMarcus Joyner, who's extremely solid. Uh, then you've got Eric Harris, who's, you know, decent. But this is a better matchup for Ryan Finley to try to exploit uh, a defense. So that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, we also have to see if the running game can continue to establish itself. Last week we saw Joe Mixon have one of the best games of the season. Uh, the running game was obviously improved and it looks like that the Bengals coaches have actually tweaked a little bit of the scheme to help with that it looks like they're actually uh, using some kind of gap technique or something like that um, to adjust with blocking and apparently it's working Um, on offense this is a team that you know although they've gone through the whole AB drama they've been very solid and it really starts with Josh Jacobs who looks like he may be the offensive rookie of the year and the Bengals are going to have to try to stop them. Uh, with our linebackers being as bad as they are, uh, being that Preston Barron was let go earlier this week, uh, those linebackers are going to get tested. I don't know if they plan on replacing him with Hardy Nickerson or, or what they really plan on doing there, but whoever gets to start at linebacker, I'm sure Vigil will be one of them. Uh, maybe Jordan Evans. They're going to have their hands full with Josh Jacobs because he's a guy that has really been doing his thing this season. Uh, You also look at Derek Carr. He's a quarterback that could exploit them uh, and exploit the middle of this defense and, uh, you know, our secondary as well. They really have a guy, if you've been uh, paying attention, he kind of came from Baltimore, Darren Waller, a tight end who's really just having a really good season, and he could really be a guy that could hurt the Bengals. So I think when you look at it, you have to worry about Darren Waller um, their offensive line um, is pretty good, actually. You talk about Trent Brown, Gabe, 
Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Richie Incognito, and Colton Miller. So they're pretty solid up front. The Bengals will have to try to get some pressure uh, on Derek Carr in order to try to have a chance in this game. But they have a very solid offensive line. And then when you get to the receiver room, um, they're somewhat thin, but they do have a guy in uh, Terrell Williams who can score a touchdown at any given moment. And he's really been hot for them this season. They've also got a fifth-round draft pick by the name of Hunter Renfro who's really coming on and really establishing himself. Uh, they also have Zay Jones, but I haven't seen much. I don't know if he's been demoted. I know they kind of traded for him. So Zay Jones, um, if he's not hurt, look for him to possibly be involved in this game. Uh, but this this game coming in, this is against a very solid team and is a good team to evaluate uh, where the Bengals stand right now in terms of this last eight games. Like, where do they go in the draft? Like, do they need a, a chase a Chase Young that's going to be an edge rusher to come off and pull pressure? Do they need a quarterback because their offense can't can't keep up with other teams? This is going to be something that we have to evaluate. So um, with them heading out to the West Coast, I think that this still is somewhat of a tall order. It's, it's definitely a winnable game, uh, but it, it's just really hard for me to see how they stop Josh Jacobs, how they, uh, you know, don't get exploited in the middle of the field like they did last week against the Ravens. So for me, that's just, that's just uh, the thick of it for me. And, you know, David Carr, I think is, I think most people would easily say that he's better than Ryan Finley. Right. Um, But Carr has Oakland back in contention and, you know, this is two straight wins uh, that Oakland is coming off of. So I'm pretty sure David Carr wants to make sure that they're not going to squander this chance. And I think that, you know, given the momentum that they have going with the Raiders, they're going in a winning direction. The Bengals are kind of going in the opposite direction. And this would actually be uh, them trying to avoid falling for 0-10. So it looks like they actually have done that, but this would be the third time after they did it in 1993 and they did it in 2008. Wow, I can't even remember that. 2008, wow. Oh, that was the year Carson, I think, got hurt. So I think that's when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Um, but this could be, you know, a, a historic uh, kind of thing there. So um, Carl Joseph went down, um, but, you know, that is an aspect where the Raiders are still going to do their thing and still kind of come out there. Now, they do have DJ Swearinger as well, so I don't know if he's going to start or not. Um, but, you know, the the pass rush – uh, is starting to be established because Cleveland Farrell had his best game uh, last week with two and a half sacks. So that means that these guys are starting to kind of pull it together here for the Raiders. So I think that uh, that that's something that the Bengals are going to have to look out for. But um, I guess in closing, I don't see the Bengals winning this game, man. I think I think what we look to see is that they put up more points. We definitely want to see more than 13. Uh, we definitely want to see them continue to go for it. We definitely want to see more from the run game. Uh, but I think now we have to see more from Ryan Finley as a passer to see if he can elevate this team. And we also have to see 
what this linebacker room can do, you know, especially with you giving up a Preston Brown, what can they do? So those are going to be things that you need to look at. And I believe like my, my friend Mark Herman, uh, the L.A. Bengal fan, says is treat these games like they're preseason, right? Look at them, evaluate them, and, you know, move forward. Now, I do hope that they do get some kind of win here uh, down the line, but this isn't one of them. So without further ado, uh, I just want to present our special guest today, a good friend of mine. I've known him since I was probably in high school, probably a freshman in high school, uh, maybe even further before that. Um, it's been good to see this guy um, uh, evolve throughout life. He's become a staple within the Bengals community. Uh, he cuts all of these guys, like all of the Bengals are always around him. So it's good to see him grow all of this success. I remember when he first started cutting Chris Perry, Jermaine Gresham. Um, so if you're a Bengals fan and you appreciate haircuts, definitely be sure um, to stop by Chris's shop. He will be uh, inserting that information in there. And one thing I'll say is stop in, man, because you never know who you'll run into. Uh, but with that being said, let's go ahead and get to the interview. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie. I've got my co-host, Zim Houday. Zim, what's going on? Nothing much, man. We got a special, special guest for us today. Um, I'm really, really excited about this, man. I'm so, so happy to be able to support, like, different people in the Natty. If you know anyone that has a business in the Natty and you know anybody that's doing some great things, then please contact us. I want to introduce this guy that I've been going to, and I get my shape up before every win in Bengals history. From this guy, Chris. Chris, tell everybody where you're at. Tell them everything about where you're located and what they need to know. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris, a.k.a. Cincinnati's five-star barber, um, the official barber of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'm located at Five Star Studio at 11561 Chester Road, right down the street from Princeton High School the home of the Mighty Vikings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've known Chris, man. We've known each other for how long? All the way going back to Lawson's, man, back in Wyoming in high school. So I've been knowing Chris since probably about 2003, 2004, probably. Yeah, somewhere around there, man. I'd say about 04. Right, right. And just so you guys know, man, this is the guy. This is the legend, the Bengals barber, the five-star barber. Uh, but we're here to talk that. about Bengals. Since I've known this man, we've always been diehard Bengals fans. I can remember sitting in barbershops and people clowning us during those years for being Bengals fans. So he is a diehard Bengals fan. And Zim hey, kind of called you out on the last episode, bro. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Zim kind of called you out, which is why we had to get you on. Oh, yeah. That's why exactly why I had to get all the chummy good stuff out of the way because Chris is a good dude. But at the end of the day, we got a bone to pick with you, or at least I do. We want to get right into the draft for this segment, and I just want to talk about ultimately being a diehard Bengals fan and knowing how passionate I think you are about the team. Walk me through, if you are a Bengals, you're in the front office, you're in there with Katie Blackburn and the the crew, what are you thinking first-round pick? Number one pick, I'm sorry. Okay, so you know Initially, what 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 spurred what spurred this reaction from you was uh, I feel that because of the fact that look we all know that that defense needs to be totally replaced. Guys that have been good for for the longest, 
um, on the on the line are starting to get old, like Gino and Carlos. I mean, I still got faith in them. And, of course, I always got faith in my homie number 58, Carl Lawson, especially when, you know, when he gets fully healthy or whatever. But, you know, the the linebacking core is totally zero. We knew that before the season even started it was going to be a problem. Um, I mean, you don't have one valuable guy back there. And uh, I get into arguments with people all the time about the secondary. I'm sorry, I can't stand the secondary. I think our secondary as a whole is trash. I think Denard is a bust. I think he's too short. Um, yes, he can tackle, but he can't cover for his life. Um, and he can't he can't get right. He can never stay healthy enough to stay on the field. He's like the defensive Chris Perry. Um, uh, <laughs> who, by the way, was the first, was was the guy who pretty much started my uh, Bengals cut haircutting career. Um, just you know, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, and then uh, I don't uh, you know William Jackson is solid, but I think William Jackson is a, is a, is a slight bit overrated. Um, I have seen him get torched bad. I've seen him get torched bad about three or four times this Bro, year. Bro, that now, was one. That was his, one time where DK Metcalf played. What was the other two plays that you want to talk about? Well, I, I, you know, there was one against Pittsburgh last year. It was one uh, last uh, year. I, I mean, look, I'm just saying, man. Look, I know he's got. I know he needs help. I don't have okay. an issue with William Jackson. I mean, I, if, if, okay. if I'm cool with him. He's probably the only one in the secondary that I would keep, and we all know Jerry. Because you, know you don't like Sean. Right. You don't like Sean Williams either. You don't, I don't like Clay Sean's Benjamin. my dude. Personally, man, Sean's my dude. Cool, cool guy. And of course, this is always you know uh, from a, from a professional, from a football standpoint, and never a personal standpoint for the most part. But uh, I, I, I like Sean. I think he's a tough player. I think he's a hard hitter. But I think he. That's his problem, man. He he's too worried about putting on putting hits on people than he yeah. is in terms of tackling, and the guy cannot cover. Um, and I think Jesse Bates, we've seen his weaknesses this year, also um, his weaknesses in tackling and things like that. Um, I'm not saying you get rid of all those guys. I'm just saying that as a whole, I think we need help in our secondary. So and so my initial my initial response to you was we could use the first round pick on a guy like Chase Young because that's per- we need to totally revamp our defense, and that's a perfect guy that you can start in terms of building a young defense with. Uh, we have a history, as you guys know, of not of passing up on guys that are pretty much served by a Hall of Famers. You know, this guy is a Von Miller. This guy is the, the truth. This guy is the kind of guy that can, you know, ignite your defense right away and hype other guys that are out there, like like even Keith, Carlos, and Gino, and then hype guys like my boy Carl. You know, you can, you can this, this is the type of guy that you start or, you know, you implement into a defense and he can make changes right away. Um, but that being said, my thoughts were, were like that for the past two weeks. But after watching the, uh, the LSU-Alabama game on Saturday, and, <laughs> and, and I already liked Burrow, I already liked Joe from, you know, before that. But, man, he, I, I was like, that that's the dude right there, man. So I kind okay. of changed my mind, you know. But we need so much, man. I mean, none of us are wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like, who do you like better, Pac or Fish? It's like no matter what you know, no matter what your answer is, you're you're right. You know what I'm saying? And that's exactly yeah, how we, it is with this. We need, exactly. we need ball, and we need help everywhere. Exactly. I feel like there's so many holes, but the number one, I guess, before you were like, I think I was talking to you, or it might have been a comment or something like that. But I was just trying to get into because what I challenge people to that listen to the show is a lot of people comment, and Ace tells me this in, in the Facebook group that you started as well that people are very very heavy on getting Chase Young rather than a quarterback, whereas a lot of people that follow me, I've kind of gotten them on board with a quarterback. So I was just trying to get walked through, like, what's the mind frame, what, like, what's the thought process in not going to the most important position? Because to me, it, it 
Like that's just the that you don't get a computer and just start buying apps. Like you get the hard drive all correct, you get everything with the mainframe right. and the in that part correct. And right. then you kinda put the pieces around it. And you said the Bengals kinda passed up on short things. I don't think they passed up on a thing a short thing as Jonah Williams. I you could argue that with John Ross, but for me, I feel as though if he was healthy, it'd be a different conversation. So to me it's not a fair argument. And, and then Billy Price would, uh, quote unquote, would have been a safe pick as well, but it just didn't work out where they didn't assess it properly, and maybe I don't know. But I think offensive line wise or whatever, if you look at last week, Ryan Finley took one sack. That's week one of a rookie quarterback. He was pressured twelve times. Andy Dalton, for all of these years, gets pressured over and over again, and he's not a guy that can work on it. And I think a lot of Bengals fans get caught up in the fact that he's pressured and he gets sacked and you're not paying attention to a lot of other games. I'm looking for the quarterback to elevate a team, and you just showed me in your argument or your speech that you're giving the people right now listening that you feel as though Chase Young could elevate the team into wins. I just don't agree with a defensive player in 2019 elevating anyone into a victory, especially a team with this many holes and the biggest hole being a quarterback. And I and it's kind of interesting to me, Chris, before you respond, because you're not a Dalton guy. So anybody listening, like he's not a huge like Dalton fan like that. So I was kind of I was kind of thrown off that you wouldn't have preferred a QB as well. But could you kind of speak to some of the things them kind of presented? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, look, uh, no, as you guys know, I've never been the biggest Andy fan, but I've also never been the biggest Andy hater. I've always felt that if Andy has the uh, protection and the weapons around him, he could get jobs done. I mean, if his dumb butt didn't do that to his thumb in, in 15, I mean, he might have won the MVP, and we could have had a chance of going to the Super Bowl. Um, uh, and we all know it starts with the line. But, yes, I think, I think line, you know, the story of linemen protecting certain guys and not protecting certain guys goes back to the start of football. Um, I remember, you know, me being old school, man, I was a freshman in high school. I was at the NFC Championship when we beat Buffalo and went to the Super Bowl. So I've seen some some great teams. And God, I wish we could have that offensive line back there. And they were monsters. But even though they were monsters, is that sometimes when one of them or two of them were slipping up and Boomer would get sacked or something, Boomer said, man, Boomer would get up in the huddle and say, hey, look, the next motherfucker, oh, excuse me, the next guy that – you know, let me get sacked and let me get cracked. I am going to throw. They're going to catch a ball in the back of their head. And the offensive linemen were like, you know, and hey, we, you know, we just appreciated the fact that he said that and we respected him for that. So we always went out there and cried and died for him. And I was thinking that same thing watching Finley on Sat on Sunday is that he really wasn't getting pressured all that much, and they were actually doing a, a, a pretty good job blocking for him. And it's funny when you have the same offensive line that can block totally different for one player as they do for another player. But the fact of the matter is Andy doesn't. Andy doesn't know how to – he holds on to the ball too long. He's scared. Um, he, he basically looks like the on-field version of Marvin Lewis on the sideline, a deer in the headlights, and he makes bad decisions. He does, You know, sometimes he can run, but now it acts like, he acts like he doesn't even want to run and he's scared. So, um, no, look, I, I, I'm human. I change my mind, as everybody does. That's why I never follow mock drafts, because it's always people changing their mind and changing their thought process. Um, at first, I'm like, yeah, it's hard to pass up on a guy like Chase Young. But honestly, after watching a guy like Joe Burrow, I, I just feel that I agree with you. And I feel that, yes, we do need that leader. You know, that's how we started with Marvin Chase. You know, the first thing Marvin did was he snatched up Parsons. And, yeah, even though that didn't pan out right away, you know, basically the next year in uh, 2004, we went 7-9 and then turned around and won the division in 05. Absolutely. And as we know, that as bad as it is this year, 
you know, football and especially the NFL, man, you know, one year can change a lot. So, Absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with, with Jonah coming back next year and with all we do with some other guys that we have, that we may, that we may get, whether it's draft or maybe signing somebody, um, and then guys coming back healthy, the offensive line should be totally different next year. So, yeah, if you got a guy like Burrow out there and throw him out there and let him gel with the guys and, and, and learn that way, you know, it could only be a plus. Um, and I so yeah, I, I don't think that we can pass up on a guy like Burrow. I'm still a little questionable about Tua. I mean, if I had to pick between the two of them, I would definitely like to ask LSU. Um, let me, I let me, right let me ask you this. It was a, I saw a tweet earlier today. I don't know if this is real or fake. Somebody had to comment and tell me. Joe Burrow says he does not like Skyline Chili. Does that change your choice? <laughs> does that change your, your choice if you're going to go to Tua or Burrow? He said he, he said Skyline Chili is terrible. Okay, um, you know I have to have a talk with him, man. You know I, definitely have, to try to him. I have to, I have to, you know, definitely try to get this guy in my chair and you know try, you know, try to have a little discussion with us. But uh, nah, I don't, I, I don't care what that man does and doesn't eat, man. As long as he's out there, you know, eating them defenses on the side, you know, on the field, that's all I care about. Right. Right. Facts. Okay. So Chris, I can't, please, I, can't on my, I can't count on my hands how many guys I've cut throughout the years that, that, that either do or don't like skyline, you know, or don't like such that gym stuff. Okay, so see, I don't take I don't take that natty. Uh, I I don't take that that skyline di- discrimination lightly. So I, I like I want to put the press on them. I want to get a conversation. You're gonna have to get them in the barber's chair. Tell everybody again where they can find you at, and um, uh, yeah, tell them where they can find you at. Oh yeah, I'm up location. here. I'm 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 up in the uh, in the Sharonville, the Tri County area, right on the corner of Kemper and Chester Road. I'm on Chester Road, right on Cecil Princeton High School, um, at Five Star Studio. Um, you know, you can look me up on Instagram at Cincinnati Five Star Barber, and uh, hit me up for an appointment. But um, you know, I'm always taking new clients, so hit me up. Absolutely. Um, uh, the last thing I did want to ask you before you go, what do you think is a good landing spot for Andy Dalton after this season? Hmm. We were talking about that this week in shop. Um, I think it's a real thing that, that, that Mike Brown and them did not, uh, you know, get him to Chicago because I thought I thought Chicago would have been a really good spot for him. Um, yeah, I think uh, Cam. I, I think Cam in Chicago is going to work out better. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I will go with that one too. Um, George Aloka, your boy, your boy George yesterday is a Dalton lover. I discovered that I was on his IG live yesterday. He says Dalton. <laughs> oh yeah. He says he says uh, Dalton's best location will be the 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 um to take over for Tom Brady. Wow, uh, yeah, that could be bad. I was I was gonna say maybe to take over for Philip Rivers. Um, mm. with Chargers. Mm. So mm. I mean, yeah, you know, but I, honestly, overall, I don't even care. I just kind of want I just want to kind of you know get off this this terrible season, man, because to regress back. All the way to you know the, the worst times of the team um, is just so embarrassing and so humiliating. And this is the first year in all the years I've been touching guys, man. And I've dealt with a first season like this, man. And it's hard. It's hard because the energy of the players is just totally mm-hmm. different, you know. And I've never had guys coming in grumpy and, and really down and everything. And that's how it's been this season. So that sucks. So I, right now it's like Andy can go wherever he, where the hell he wants. And let's put it this way: let's get some t-shirts made that says. Andy can burrow wherever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah, like that. 
Okay, man. Well, um, we'll be looking for you for um, coming up to the draft. I, I can't say the same. I don't sympathize with the players as much. Um, in my mind, I'm very happy because me and Ace, I think collectively, we don't trust the front office one bit. So the only thing that I can't, the only thing I can't trust is the number one pick in the draft, and I'm very, very excited about that. And I, and it sounds a little crazy, and people don't agree with us sometimes that we we want to see our players do well. But at the same time, we do not want wins right now. So I will say that I am very excited for the prospect of a number one draft pick coming to Cincinnati and us taking full advantage of that and, re, and regrouping. And I think it'll happen really fast. If you watch Kyler Murray, this, uh, this, the evolution of him this year, it's happened very, very fast for them. They were us last year. They ended 3-13, and had the number one pick, same exact roster, and they are super, super competitive in every game. And he is lighting the world on fire right now. And that's what I think mm-hmm. is gonna gonna be the, the catalyst in changing this thing around. Right. But I, I, Thank I, you, I Chris. Say, man, I still think we can get that first round pick real quick. I think we can get that first round pick by still winning the game, man, because I I'm sorry, we already have the most disrespect of any team on the planet when you go all around the nation. And and if I don't ever wanna be one of the teams and, and I don't want to be in the club with the Lions and the Browns and one of the only teams that have never won a game or and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be those Bungles, man. I mean, I already got to listen to Sante saying he's been the more weeks in the past year than the Bengals lost last year. You know, I don't need any more of that, man. So I need at least one win. Just give me one right. win. Yeah, I'm good with one win too, man. I, I'm I'm good with not going 0 and 16 as well. <laughs> All right, All right well, fellas. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, man. That was right. Cincinnati Five Star Barber, Chris. Man, we'll be in touch. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. Make sure you check him out at his location. Get you a shape up. It's a guaranteed W every time you go there prior to a, a Bengals game. Yes, so we want to thank Chris for taking time out of his busy day to stop and talk Bengals with us. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast. As you know, if you are listening to this on YouTube, this podcast drops two days earlier on podcast platforms so you can find us under the name Cincy Jungle you can find us under the acronym Orange is the New Black every episode starts with that but don't only check out our episodes check out the Orange is Black Orange and Black Insider also check out Matt Minish's uh, Chalk Talk Uh, we also have Daddy on there as well so be sure to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle family and be sure to pass the message and the word along to your friends and your fellow Bengals guys about this podcast as we continue to grow it and grow with you. So as always, we'll end this with a who day. <laughs>